For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. In about 15 minutes, we will chat with Dr. Christopher Kelly, cardiologist, part of UNC Rex, on what exactly happened last night with DeMar Hanlon. And was something that was preventable? Is it something that the league can look into further? Is it just a completely random occurrence that it was the wrong hit at the wrong time in your heart cycle that created this situation uh jerry lawler you'll remember him wrestling guy uh, the king uh this happened to him he actually tweeted about it last night i remember this um he's like yeah man without he just tweeted about like having gone through this this looks very similar to something that i dealt with a high impact at the wrong time that created a cardiac arrest we'll talk to dr christopher kelly about that in about 10 minutes but right now it's time to answer some hey joe questions Joe cracked it on. Uh. All right, first one comes from Colin. Hey, Joe, so far, what North Carolina team seems to have the better football season? Seems set to have the better football season. Duke, Carolina, or NC State? For 23? For 23 or this uh, a recap of this? Right, well, you know what? I'll go do ahead. Both. It says we'll seems do both. Seems set to have the better football we'll, season. We'll do both. Assuming 23. We'll do both. We'll do both. We'll look back respectively. At each program and go, okay, good, bad, good, bad, and ugly, right? I think that if you told North Carolina fans that they're going to win nine games this season, they'd be like, hell yeah. Oh, but by the way, you're going to have a four-game losing streak along the way, including a loss to North to NC State. Um, and the good teams that you face end up kind of putting you in your place. It's going to leave a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. NC State's also a little tricky to discuss, too, right? Hey, State, you're going to have an eight-win season. Uh, you're going to lose to Maryland in a bowl game. However, along the way, you're going to beat Carolina, and you're going to have four different quarterbacks on record beating four top 25 teams. Like, what the hell happened where that happened, right? So there's a lot of weird context to NC State season. So the easy answer of, you know, who had the better football season is Duke. Straight up Duke. And what happened in year one under Mike Elko? Now, who's poised to have a better football season next year? Well, which Joe, which one has Drake May? Uh, Carolina's got Drake May. Okay, then they're better positioned to have a good football season. Tell you what, Riley Leonard was really good this past year for Duke, and he obviously was. I think this person is wanting us to say something nice about Duke, and that's fine. And, and I, you know, I got into it a little bit on Twitter with these people. Because I hate. What do you mean, these people? I hate being the bad guy. I really hate being the bad guy. All right, Richard Ramon. I I do. (laughs) I I do. Um, I'd be stunned if and 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 I like Mike Elko, and but I would say this to his face. I'd be stunned if he has a better year than this one, in his entire tenure at Duke. Okay. That's nine and four. A good, really good year at Duke. That's Mm -hmm. an unbelievable year at Duke. Their best wins though. Um. Hmm. Virginia was awful. Miami was a joke. Boston College beat NC State, so you got that. Yeah. They beat Wake. They beat Central Florida. It's cool. 
They're one play away from from beating Carolina. I mean, if some butts, candies, if some butts, right? Take the don't um, take those touchdowns off the board, right? You know who they didn't play this year? Yeah, they didn't play. They uh, didn't play Clemson. They yeah. didn't play Florida State. Yeah. Oh well, you see, here's the thing, Johnny. Coastal Chaos is the was the really the true hard championship to win. Let's just see what happens next year at nine and four. Let's see what that nine and four looks like next year, because next year they play. Florida State on the road. They play Clemp in Durham. Yeah. They play Notre Dame. So there's three losses right there. We'll, we'll see what happens in those other games. Next up. All right, next one comes from Chris Levengood over at WREL. Hey, up, Joe, Chris? after DeMar Hamlin's situation and the NFL's response, are you satisfied with how the organization handled last night based on what we know so far? Well, that's the thing. We don't know all the details yet. I, I'll just repeat what I said at the start of the show. I don't think anybody really understood what in the world was happening yesterday. Okay, I really, I really don't. I really don't. So, I'm, I'm willing to not give benefit of the doubt, but at least be a little bit more understanding why things were sloppy as everything was unfolding in real time. However, this is from Mike Silver. Uh, longtime NFL columnist. He's now with the San Francisco Chronicle uh, and with Valley Sports. He used to be with the NFL Network. He tweeted this out six minutes ago. I've talked to enough people involved, and this is how it went down. The NFL's first impulse was to keep playing. Joe Burrow was told to go warm up. That was the plan. And then the players and coaches said no, and then they walked off. If that's how it all unfolded, if the NFL's first order of business was, well, okay, Compose yourself, go out there and play football. That was a mistake. And hopefully, what happened last night, Julio, makes the NFL kind of reassess how they process these types of things. So I don't think Roger Goodell is, is Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. No. Like, I don't think he was in, in his New York underground lair that we saw during the pandemic draft stroking on a kitty and saying, all right, let's get back out there. I think... The normal protocol after an, a normal injury is to say to these players, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get the ambulance off the field, yeah, and we're gonna move it along. You guys get five minutes to warm up." I think it was when the coaches who were then saying, "Pause, we had something different happen here." Yeah, and again, somebody died last night, and the medical personnel saved Demar Hamlin's life. With CPR, with the defibrillator. So when you see something like that happen in front of you as his teammate and as a competitor, you saw the reaction of the players. They were crying on the field. Mm -hmm. Because, Joe, it is a realization. I I have news for you, Joe. We're all going to die. Did you know that? Yes. uh, Death is a pre-existing condition. We're all going to die. Yes. And when you partake in playing football, there is an inherent risk that, yes, Something abnormal could happen to you. Maybe you don't think you're going to die, but it could legitimately happen to you. And it, it's not until something like that real happens to you mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, my God, what have I been doing all this whole this whole time? Because you don't you un, you may understand ultimately the risk, but the reward is such that you, you push it off down the road. Do you know who I bet got a, a text last night? I bet if we got if we had access to it. I bet you Giselle texted Tom Brady last night. I'll bet you whatever money I got, I got got, that she texted him last night. What the hell was it worth? So, 
2017. Again, these are. I'm not saying that what has happened in the past is the way things should always happen. This actually should be yeah. a reminder that maybe you shouldn't have done these things in the past. I've seen instances where uh, some high school guys who played football in high school had these types of incidents occurred, and then the expectation was just to go back out there and right. play football. I get that it happened, but should you have done that? Let's still go back to 2017. You were there for the South Carolina State game when Ty Solomon of South Carolina State, yeah. they were in a huddle. If, if, if I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head, they were in a huddle and he had a heart attack. He was on the sideline. He had a pre-existing heart condition he didn't know about. Sure. And he dropped dead there on the floor. The trainer at South Carolina State acted quickly, performed CPR. The defibrillator was then used. He was brought back to life. They brought him over to Rex. They were able to save his life. But they knew about, they knew his status mm-hmm. before they made a decision to resume. That that's game. Th- that's the thing. I can't remember the timeline of yeah. how that all played. No, there was out. like an hour break in that game. There okay. was there was a long, and you know where Rex is compared to PNC. So oh, yes, it's, yes, it's it's right down the way. So that's something to keep in mind. Should they have played though? The, the basketball game. Yeah, should they have played that? They basketball could have game? easily said no. Uh, but at that point, I think he was conscious enough. Probably they probably even asked Ty. But even, do you want to finish the game? But do you want even, them to finish the game? Even if he's right. fine, they're still like, man, I just saw a guy like yeah. resuscitate. Say, it's the same hey, premise. Yeah. I remember back in 1997, it was uh, what Carolina, Virginia at at the at Keenan were an official. Was it Jim yeah, Knight? Jim Knight mm-hmm. had a heart attack on the field. Okay, and they brought him over to UNC and they saved his life. Right. But I can't imagine, again, it gets back to the central question of should you have? Right. And I, I hope that now that we have more open conversations about these things, if this event happens again, because it will, that we have better whereabouts to say, hey, 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 the game can wait like it did last night. Next up. Whoa. From Ken, hey, Joe, did you and Jillio review the Rolling Stone Top 200 Singers list? And is he... Bruce Springsteen rightly ranked <laughs> at seventy-seven. Yeah, I have not. I, I have not looked at the Rolling Stone two hundred. Other than I know that people are mad about it because that's what these lists do. So who I was went, the top singer? Uh, I'll have to go and look. I went to see. Well, who is number seventy-seven? And yeah, it is Bruce Springsteen. As it, like Whitney Houston, almost has well, to be the. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this before as I scroll down. Aretha to num- Franklin number one. Aretha. Okay. Okay. Whitney yeah. number two. There okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Either. Lady Gaga fifty-eight. I don't know about that. She should be higher. Barry White, 56? Come on now. Put him up there. Sam Cooke, three. Okay, I can see that. Mariah, number five. Is Celine Dion one of the 200 best singers of all time? Do I think so? Vocalist? So? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. She didn't make the list. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, how did she not make the list? We're talking singers? How did she not make the list? So here's what, let me, let me explain the game, okay? Before we go to break. Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, Spin, they always come up with these new lists because there's always new artists coming out and they have to reassess these things. But I do agree that sometimes they try a little too hard to pull new audience to see where their favorite new artist might show up. Like Billie Eilish, while I enjoy her work, she is not one of the 200 best singers of all time. But Billie Eilish is in this conversation because she's new, she has fans, and people want to see where she's... It's my, it's my favorite saying, it gets the people going. And you reassess these lists all the time. Plus, if you keep doing these lists and it's the same things over and over again, it gets kind of boring. Like, I can sit here and tell you that Super Mario 64 is the greatest video game of all time because it basically opened up a whole new world of 3D gaming. It's just been a refined look of this basic game that came out in 1996. But it may get pretty boring if you keep just coming out with lists and Super Mario 64 ends up being number one every freaking time. So, 
This is why you have to do with these 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 lists. Refresh them from time to time. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group joining us on the heaster automotive group hotline cardiologist doctor for christopher kelly uh joining us to talk about what happened yesterday with damar hamlin doctor how are you hey i'm okay how are you yesterday? we're good we'll, we'll seem having some level of connection issue here so hopefully it'll it'll work itself out here in a second uh so we've seen we've seen the replay of what happened with Demar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills um, plenty of times today, and I'm sure you've seen it as well. Just from your perspective, just from your perspective, what it what happened last night with with Hamlin? Yeah, so we don't know exactly. His medical team hasn't released any detailed statement about. Know exactly what they've deduced from you know examining him in the hospital, but we can assume uh, that he was in good, perfect health uh, going into this event. You know, NFL players uh, undergo a lot of detailed cardiac screening before they're allowed to play competitively, um, and so the best guess that anyone can approximate right now is that he suffered from this condition called commotion cordis, where basically a sudden large blow to the chest. Uh, actually generates enough electrical activity in the chest to interfere with the heart's normal rhythm, and it can send you into something called cardiac arrest, where your heart's basically not beating. Um, and that required the team uh, doctors to perform CPR, and after a few minutes, it looks like they were able to shock his heart back into normal rhythm. Dr. Christopher Kelly is a cardiologist with the North Carolina Heart and Vascular at UNC Health Rex. Joining us here on the OG, that's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Gilio. Gilio. Dr. Kelly... Well, I'm curious. You mentioned the defibrillator and the CPR. What is the success rate for the defibrillator use? Like, how lucky is is Demar Hamlin right now? Yeah, well, to the extent that anyone could call him lucky, um, he's lucky that this happened in a place where medical professionals were able to get to him within seconds. Um, so, generally speaking, when somebody has a cardiac arrest, uh, they don't do so well. Um, but that's usually because people who have cardiac arrests uh, have other medical problems. They tend to be older, and it tends to happen in a place where, you know, an ambulance has to come and there's some delay uh, before they get medical care. You know, because he's young uh, and presumably in, in excellent health up until this moment, and they got to him within seconds, he has a reasonably good chance of having a good outcome. Um, but it may take days, weeks, even months uh, before he he really makes a, a recovery back to normal, Doctor Kelly. One thing I, I noticed was this: this was a football play. You know, we, we talked yeah. a lot about concussions, and you see guys get hit in the head. You see, uh, you know, one defender hold somebody up, but then a second guy comes in, and you're concerned. This was just a football play, and, and I know it's it's hard to deduce some of these odds without knowing all of the details. But is this a one in a million? Is this a one in a billion hit? Like, what are the yeah. odds that something like this actually happens? I mean, it's super rare. I'm, I'm not aware of it having occurred in the NFL previously. You know, it does happen. 
um, football is actually not the main sport in which something like this happens. It's actually more common in like baseball, baseball. Yeah. martial arts, hockey, you know, where like a projectile or a fist, you know, is going to hit your chest with a reasonably high likelihood. In football, it's, it's a lot less common because, you know, not only do you have to get a blow to the chest, it has to be at just the wrong time in your heart's normal electrical cycle uh, to allow it to put you into cardiac arrest. So it's, it's really like a super fluke event and you know football is a very dangerous sport but this is not typically one of the reasons uh why we would say that dr christopher kelly cardiologist unc rex joining us here on the og alongside joe Gilio. i'm joe ovias we appreciate your time today to discuss this because we are not doctors uh you know this is one of those things where we can sit here and speculate but we are not doctors you are uh and i'm i'm curious you, you talked about uh, the recovery everybody's different okay so and he's in critical condition right now. Um, what, how, how do you recover from this? What is the what is the typical recovery time for something like this? In other words, is what's happening right now with Hamlin normal? Like in terms of you know his current condition and everything else? Yeah, I mean the fact that he's still in the hospital, still listed in critical condition, is very much expected, and it doesn't mean at all that he won't have a good outcome in the future. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from basically the moment that he collapsed until the moment that they shocked his heart, his brain, uh, kidneys, and other vital organs were receiving very minimal, if any, blood flow. In, in fact, before they start CPR, they're receiving no blood flow. Mm -hmm. And once they start CPR, they're receiving like, you know, a little less than 10% of the normal amount of blood flow that the heart delivers, which obviously is better than nothing. Um, and so during that time period before his heart could be shocked into normal rhythm, you know, his organs were, were not getting blood. So that means they were dying. And, you know, thankfully in young people, we often find that they can survive something like that and, and they can go back to their previous, you know, level of normal function. You know, whether he'll play professional sports is a separate question, but, you know, he may live a, a relatively normal life if he survives this, but it can take a few days, you know, for the brain to wake up. Um, it can take a few days for us to have a really clear sense of whether somebody is likely to wake up. Um, and so, you know, I wouldn't read too much into the fact that, that he still, you know, has a breathing tube in the hospital. Uh, I give it another week before we start to really worry about his chances of recovering. Dr. Christopher Kelly joining us. Appreciate you, man, taking some time. I know we've never talked before, uh, but yeah, uh, Alan Wolf was kind enough to hook us up with you, and Alan does such a great job yeah. over at UNC Health. I'm Rex. sorry to be yeah, and yeah, you know, talking about the sad stuff. I know, but it's 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 amazing to hear the information about yeah. your your organs, about your brain. Like you're sitting here thinking about it, and you're going, "What the heck? How did it? Whoever invented the defibrillator? Thank you." You know, yeah. like that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I hope that people, you know, listening to this, I think the takeaway from this is not that you should be worried about suddenly collapsing from cardiac arrest on the football field. Again, that's a rare event mm -hmm. and there's other things during football that you should worry more about. But I hope that people see what happened and realize how important it is to learn CPR. And, you know, if somebody goes down in front of you, whether it's at, you know, the park or church or, you know, school, uh, that you can get in there and do life-saving interventions that in this case, you know, literally saved his life. In addition, you know, have a vague idea of what defibrillators are. They're all over the place in airports, you know, banks, uh, large office buildings, some restaurants. You know, it doesn't require much to use one. You just take it out of that box on the wall, um, turn it on, and it tells you what to do. And, and that, that also can be incredibly important and life-saving. So 
hopefully people will pay attention to that and pick up a few skills that aren't hard, that hard to learn and can save someone's life. Dr. Christopher Kelly, cardiologist, UNC Rex. We appreciate the time, uh, taking some time in your day to educate us on all of these things. And, and just, yes, the, the freakish nature, and as you said, relatively lucky. We use that term kind of loosely here, but that all those things played out and he's still with us. Uh, Dr. Christopher Kelly, we appreciate the time. Take it easy. Thanks. Have a great day, guys. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius. Yeah, pay attention to the CPR classes that sometimes get offered at your work or if you're in high school when you go through it or college when you go through it, those types of things. Because, yes, you can save somebody's life. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.